Welcome to Both Sides of the Broadcast. I'm your host, Walker Brown. Within this 12-episode podcast, you'll hear from students who have been a part of athletics from Division I schools down to club athletics, hearing their experiences at the level of play they've had and much more about their time at the university. Follow along this series to get behind the scenes look at what it's like to be a student athlete. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Beyond the Broadcast. I'm your host, again, Walker Brown. This is the second episode to the 12 full series podcast here. Joined with me today is former teammate and three-time captain here and midfielder for the men's lacrosse team, Connor Rogers. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. So is the big thing around this podcast is student-athletes, their experiences at Division One down to club ball levels. And here being a teammate here at Piedmont University for the past few years playing in the men's lacrosse team, kind of give me a rundown of your uh, high, or college recruiting back when you were in high school. Kind of how did that go down? Did you want to play in college always, or were you kind of feeling it out? So I graduated high school in 2018, and uh, I, I was from Virginia, so I didn't get recruited by Piedmont originally. I was getting recruited by uh, Division three schools in Virginia, like Hampton, Sydney, Christopher Newport, and a couple other ODAC schools. And so I've never, I'd never heard of Piedmont before. So uh, my neighbor was uh, Ray Rostan. He was an old Hampton, Sydney lacrosse coach. So I was pretty set on going there. It felt like home. So attended Hampton, Sydney for a year and a semester. Didn't go, things didn't go too well. Uh, didn't get along with some of the guys and schoolwork and all that caught up. So then eventually uh, I actually transferred here to Piedmont, and that's where I am now. So kind of uh, going back to Hampton, Sydney, they're an ODAC school. How would you kind of compare ODAC athletics to the conference that we're in now? Kind of give us a little rundown on at least your thoughts playing in both now for a few years. Uh, I think ODAC's top-notch in all their um, – and all their sports, I mean, we see for lacrosse especially, you got like the Lynchburg, Hampton, Sydney, Washington, and Lee, and Roanoke. They're always a power, powerhouse school for lacrosse. Lynchburg's always making it into the tournament and making a run. But I'd probably say they're one of the best or top two uh, best conference in Division Three. So you transferred in from Hampton, Sydney. You're, you fall into the category with um, a few other teammates that we've had previously in the past few years to transfer in from ODAC schools and kind of over around uh, different areas. Uh, you also came in with a teammate of yours from Hampton, Sydney. You know, how did you feel coming in from Hampton, Sydney with a buddy at least, kind of having a, another guy with you so you wouldn't go into this transfer process alone? So uh, the guy who came with me was uh, Billy French, and I actually – Went to the same elementary school as him. I remember he came and visited, and I was his tour guide in, like, fifth grade. So I've known him for a while, and then I told him I was leaving uh, Hampton, Sydney, and uh, he actually got recruited by Piedmont, where we are now, but he ended up choosing Hampton, Sydney because he might have wanted to play some football. But then I said, hey, man, I I'm going to go play Piedmont. Like, this isn't working. And he's like, dude, I agree. Like, I see what you're doing, um, and I we're just as good, so why not go – let our talent go to waste. So let's go somewhere else where it can be useful and uh, help a program out. So your your sophomore year in college, my freshman year, when you come into Piedmont, we're, we've got a good team of rolling. COVID hits. Kind of how would you talk about the freshman year here with the guys that we had, the upperclassmen, the 
the captains, the coaching staff? How would you kind of go in and talk about that year, especially because there's a bunch of speculation around it that that was a special year, that that would have been a ring year for for the program here. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, unfortunately COVID hit, but, I mean, that was one special year. The amount of upperclassmen we had, uh, you had the guys who who you knew not to mess with, but also like they're they're setting the the ground rules for the program, and uh, it's n- nothing bad, but like they just they've been there for a while, so we got to listen to them. The coaches, uh, Dunton, McKay, and Salter. I mean, you got to love those guys, and now they're all Salter and McKay are all head coaches now, so that shows a lot for our head coach Tim Dunton how great he is and bringing coaches in here, and then the freshmen. I mean, it was like a big family. Everyone knew each other, and it was it. It was special. It's we had no clicks, nothing like that, and uh, I think that's a big part in a program. You just got to be one big family. Yeah, you'll hit some bumps in the roads, but I mean that's all part of the process. I mean that showed us why we were five and two. Uh, it was going to be a special year, but unfortunately, COVID hit. Kind of backtracking a little bit to like the coaching staff that we had our freshman year and early on, we lost Coach Salter after that year. But having him just for that one year, you and I, we've we've gone to a wedding this past year and. Meeting up with him and him being excited, asking how we're doing, I think is pretty special here with the coaching staff that we've been blessed to have for you know, our time as college athletes. Having coaching staff reach out to you after they've left the program, I think is pretty special, at least to me. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think you said pretty much what I would say, how we just saw Salter, and he's just always checking in on us. And I know McKay, Coach Ryan McKay's now at a Methodist in our conference, so... I know he's going to continue to reach out to us till we play him. I know he's not going to want to play us, but it's just building those relationships and the foundation. It's just people who you know. Uh, like after lacrosse, I mean, we we know Salter and McKay, and like if we want a job opportunity or something, they, they, they'll gladly point us in the right direction. So it's all just about building those relationships while you can. How would you kind of go into describing what it's like being a college athlete, kind of what you th- thought it was going to be before you came in, and I guess your experiences that you've had over over the many few years you've had playing college athletics? Uh, so let's think. When I expected of being a college athlete, I expected pretty much just how it is now. I mean, you go to class. I mean, for us Division three athletes, it's way different. Um D1, they're practicing all the time, lifting. I've, it's almost like a job for them. They got really no free time. Uh, they're constantly on the field, in the weight room. And then for us, I mean, for us, it's school first, obviously, because we're small liberal arts college. And then we got to work out practices where everyone can get in there at the same time. At the big schools, you don't have to worry about that. You'll all be there. So for us as a D3 athlete, uh, for me that I didn't expect was trying to get everyone at one practice um, because you got people with different schedules and all that. So that was one thing I really didn't expect coming into being a college athlete. But uh, if I if I wasn't a college athlete, I don't know if college would be for me. Um, I feel like lacrosse is a big part of why I'm in college and couldn't be happier. Kind of going back to that whole class, trying to get everyone at practice at one time. That's something I didn't think would happen coming in. Um, I definitely think at like the division one level that doesn't happen. You have everyone there. They work around athletics school wise. So that's main priority at division three. You still have that big priority of sports and athletics there, but also academics is a big thing. And 
sometimes you hit these bumps in the road and you have to miss a practice or you have to show up late and kind of catch up to speed with all the guys that have been running around for, you know, an hour or however late you are. I think that's something that I never thought would happen and, and it's happened pretty frequently. Um, but it's, again, something I never really thought that would I would have to go through. But kind of what would you go into how to describe Piedmont lacrosse and what it's done for you and how you've seen it grow, how you've seen it at its at its best and its worst kind of over your time being here. So I'll start with the worst. Luckily, I never saw the worst because I think that was before all of us were here, really. But then I think the program flipped uh, the year before we came uh, when they won that conference championship. And uh, that – it's been uphill ever since coach dunn's done a great job recruiting and all that getting the right guys in here and it's not all about the talent it's mostly like it you building those bonds is gonna is gonna have make you be a great team and a be successful you don't have to be the big six three guy and shoot 100 miles an hour you got to have someone who likes everybody as well but when i came to piedmont it was uh they were uh had their arms wide open and uh I was grateful for that because Hampton Sydney I really didn't have the best time and all they were just they were just there whenever you need it and uh coach Dunton all the other coaches that were there uh they had their arms wide open I couldn't thank them enough and for the future I mean I think coach Dunn's going to keep doing what he's doing he's going to get the right guys to put out there on the field not just lacrosse players but great uh great men as well so that that's what we need as a program and I think he's going to continue to do as his time here most definitely. After my time here, I know you're going out your full year. I think he's developed a bunch of great young men on the field and off, really giving the opportunity to have the ability to overcome a bunch of obstacles. If something comes your way, you're able to, to really jump over that hump. But with week two and fall ball coming up, Division three athletes are – allowed a certain amount of days on the field with the coaching staff. I guess it's actually week one for you guys out there. How would you say week one truly has been so far with the coaching staff, the new guys on the field, and the guys, you know, breaking the rust off a little bit and kind of getting the feet moving and, and getting after it? I mean, it's definitely new. I mean, these freshmen have played. I mean, even when I uh, – high school lacrosse compared to any level of Division three lacrosse, it's a freaking game changer uh, because, like, the speed and all that – uh, it's just unexpected that like I didn't think about that, but um, so far week has been good. Um, I mean, like you said, a lot of rusty sticks, uh, but we got some we got some talent out there. We got some dudes, so I'm excited. We returned a lot of upperclassmen, so uh, that'll be huge on the offensive side as we got a lot of upperclassmen. The defense, uh, it's going to be led by Eric Fuel and Johnny Matrona, and um, they're they're the two guys back there, so they they're, they're going to hold everything back there. Uh, we'll probably have some freshmen starting uh, this year down in defense, so it's gonna it's gonna be something. But I don't doubt my guys, Eric and Johnny, they'll handle business. And I mean, Coach Dunn will know what to do. But like you said, week one, just a lot of stick drills, getting the legs loose, getting back in shape is the big thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week when we go at it again. So as we've done traditionally here at Piedmont um, for the lacrosse team at the end of the fall season, we scrimmage Division Two teams. I hear you all have Young Harris coming up at the end of the fall this year at their place, if I'm not mistaken. How do you kind of feel that that will go this year? Young Harris program's kind of been up and down the last few years, 
us. We're, we've got nothing but up to go. Keep going. The team has been growing since I've been here, and it's been awesome. But scrimmaging, you know, a team not that far away from us, Division Two team, kind of what are your personal thoughts here on how we're going to do as a team? Uh, first of all, I'm just grateful we don't have to travel like five hours to go play. But uh, like you said, Young Harris has ups and downs. Um, I mean, we definitely should win, but I think the goal is just to get all of us on the same page uh, and build some chemistry because, I mean, we got a pretty crazy schedule this year. And uh, like going playing in a tournament in Bar- at Barry in Rome and then going to Nashville. So um, I think this is just also going to get the freshmen – uh, to play some new faces besides the guys they've been playing in practice. And I'm sure everyone's going to like it because we're tired of beating up on each other. But uh, I think it, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to look kind of kind of bad at some points, and then we'll look great at some points. But it's just like a big step for all of us, and especially these freshmen, to get out there and play their first collegiate-level lacrosse game. So I, I'm excited, but uh, at the end of the day, we should win. But it's just about getting out there and building chemistry. With a bunch of the returners coming back this year, who in particular do you think is going to have maybe a breakout year or kind of step up? I know Johnny and Cage is going to have to have a big year, kind of step up with Eric as well. I think they're going to have to have a bigger load that they're used to, but I've heard them talking about it. They're kind of ready for it. Is there any, anybody else you'll think that as an upperclassman will really kind of stand out this year, take more of a leadership role under their belt? I mean, I think all of us – have that leadership role but like you said eric i think eric's got a got a big uh shoe not really shoe to fill just he's got to hold it down there i mean also mike anderson coming back that that's crazy for us because teams hate playing him he's such a big body and he's got a fast shot also like jacob hasbrook i think he's got the potential to go crazy this year in which frankly we need him to because uh, I mean, yeah, we might have three lines of middies, but, I mean, he's going to be up there with us. So, and he he can put points on the board, and he knows what to do. Uh, it's just a matter if he does, and I got trust in him. So, uh, I, I'd say my big, like, name is uh, Jacob Hasbrook. I think he's going to have a crazy year this year. I can definitely get behind that. Jacob Hasbrook being another one of those transfers coming from Birmingham Southern University last year, joining one of his high school teammates, Austin Vaughn, one of our LSM I think he's got to have a big breakout year as well. I mean, he's got a huge frame, 6'4", skinnier guy, but he's he's trying to bulk up and get bigger. And you really can't tell which hand he is. It's ambidextrous almost. But uh, I know Hazzy has one game in particular he needs back this year if y'all are playing Birmingham Cellar in his old school. I think we play him here this year, so hopefully it's a different outcome. I, I might have to fly fly back here just for that game. That'll be an electric game. And I, I couldn't agree more kind of what you were saying. I think Eric – not shoes to fill because, I mean, Eric is a stud defenseman. It's like his own shoes to fill. He's just got to do more. <clears throat> yeah, he's just got a little bit bigger of a plate he's going to have this yeah. year. He's missing a few parts he had last year, guys that he played with, such as Andrew Pagano and another defenseman. Uh, but I think that there's some potential there for some younger guys to step up and kind of actually fill those shoes that we had last year and prior years before that. And I really think that Eric is going to have a big breakout year with having that bigger plate and having guys around him taking more of a leadership role than kind of being as a collective group. And Jacob Hasbrook, again, I think is going to be big breakout year for the guy. But uh, I think it's awesome that y'all, I've seen uh, Chris Pannenbacker, 
recent recent retired the cleats on the on the field but he's helping out face-off guys he's got his fox 40 out there every day yeah he's he couldn't be more more happy to blow that fox 40 and i know it's kind of cool for him to be able to get back out on the field and kind of watch the guys still feel like he's out there after he spent his last four years playing um for the uh, for the team but what are some uh, goals that you have this year some games you might have in mind that uh we maybe have fallen short last year or just kind of personal goals you know you want. I know what you're going to say the big goal is, but what are some small goals that you kind of have in the back of your head that you as a team or personally just kind of want to achieve? Uh, let's say definitely like if we have a lead in the fourth quarter just to maintain that lead. Like you said, we lost a couple games there by one or two goals and even lost in like double overtime. So one of the goals I definitely want to beat uh, Swanee this year. Uh, haven't beat them yet. I definitely want to beat BSC. Want to beat Barry, obviously. And then like uh, personal goals, just be the best I can be. Help out my teammates. And then I mean, we all know the big goal. So I'm not gonna say it because maybe I jinx it because we say it every year. But and then just I want to see like the freshmen just start to grow as like it, as us upperclassmen leave. Eventually, it's their program. So see them fill our shoes and kind of carry carry the weight once we're done here but definitely want to beat barry bsc uh swanee and if we play any odak schools want to beat the odak schools obviously because i came from an odak school well thanks again for joining me today connor the it's a pleasure always having you on uh have a great weekend that was beyond the broadcast and who knows maybe we have year seven for connor rogers maybe coming (laughs) back but uh Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Episodes come out every Friday at 4 o'clock. That is Beyond the Broadcast, and y'all have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in this week to Both Sides of the Broadcast, the 12-episode podcast on what it's really like being an athlete in college at different levels, going from Division I to club athletics. New episodes will be posted every Friday at 4 p.m.